great future. We're talking real money. <sighs> All the dreams of youth dashed against the rocky shore of reality. Hello, everybody. I'm Don McDonald, along with Tom Cock. Facing the reality that uh, the dreams of my childhood have come to fruition and yet mean so little. I remember as a small child imagining what it would be like to be a millionaire. That almost unattainable goal of a child of the 60s. Oh, if I could only be a millionaire, I would be all set. Well, today, to, if you're a millionaire, you're just average. The average net worth of Americans is a million dollars right now. Now, that's a little misleading, though, isn't it? I'm very a misleading. Little. A little. Yeah. A little. That's okay. But remember when you look at that number, you've got Bill Gates and then you've got, you know, people with nothing. So it's skew the numbers a bit. Well, I guess he's not the the poster child for the old Uber wealthy anymore. That would be Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, because Bezos is building a five hundred million dollar yacht. That pretty much is the Gilded Age uh, again. Right. Wait, who in the hell needs a billion dollar or half a billion dollar yacht? I know, but, you know, adjusted for inflation, it'll be worth a billion in a couple of years. By the way, I just finished a a book I really enjoyed on the Astors. And in the book, the Astors were friends with the guy soon to become president, Franklin Roosevelt, and they fixed their yacht. And it spent like in the day, 150,000. And when Roosevelt found out, he said, we're not going to be friends anymore, because if you can afford to spend that kind of money, we're going to soak. We're going to have to soak the rich. That was his line. And it's like, if you can afford half. And so today, if you and can Roosevelt 500 was million, he was yeah, among the rich trader to his class. Yeah. As they used to say. So anyway, okay. As All you right, said, we're ahead. digressing a little. All right. <laughs> the headline is that, but I don't think that's the thing to pay attention to. There's a couple of things to pay attention to the number of people that have moved into this, you know, mini millionaires, what they're calling it. Right. Is substantial in the last, I think it said uh, six years. It, a lot more people are in. It's about 16 million American families. 12% have wealth exceeding a million dollars. Interestingly enough, by the way, a million dollars was considered a lot of money in the 1960s. It's considered a lot of money today. You said as you're growing up, million dollars, never going to have a million dollars. Well, there's this thing called inflation, which makes it kind yeah, of. Yeah, but I got to tell you, when I thought about it in the 60s, I imagined I could afford a yacht. And and I'm a millionaire. If you sold everything, it would depend on what kind of yacht it was, right? Yeah, I could afford a big boat. <laughs> okay. All right, but, but literally, yes. I, I mean, I, I'm just barely in the millionaire class. You know, that includes equity in a home yep. and my 401k and my retirement money. And you know, so it, a million doesn't feel as good as it used to feel in no. the days of John Jacob Astor. Exactly. Thank you. Or John uh, Jacob which, Jingleheimer Smith. Absolutely wonderful book, by the way. Loved it. Uh, I lo- learned a lot about New York in the, <laughs> in the late uh, 19th century that I probably didn't want to know. But here's the thing I think is important to take away from all this. It says 90% of the people that have moved into the million or two to five million or $5 million plus area uh, own stocks, right? either directly or through retirement accounts, 90%, 87% own their own home. Yeah, some of them have gotten wealthy by starting a business. Some of them have gotten wealthy by making a lucky strike, right, with whatever investment or whatever thing they did. But most of them, 
most of them who've moved into what they call today the upper middle class by pursuing college degrees, steadily building retirement accounts, and purchasing homes. They grew the wealth slowly. You mean the old-fashioned way? The old-fashioned way. Wow. So I think that, I think that's the bigger takeaway than the number of people that are now millionaires. It's how the, if you read the book Millionaire Next Door, another great book that is worth reading. These are people again. They they don't. How old is your car? How old is my car? I mean, we're we're not spending money on things like that, right? Well, I did a year ago. Okay, but, and you're but wait a minute. When's your <laughs> new getting, car coming? Uh, who knows? Oh, who knows? Okay. They uh-huh. sent me a note okay. saying it's in uh-huh. Portland. I think we talked about this. It's hip, still hip, down the road. Hip, they got some straps on it. The horses are going to bring it up here anytime although, soon. Although, to be fair, Tom's car is a Toyota. His new car yeah, is a I'm Toyota. Yeah, I'm not buying. I, didn't, I was going to do the Rivian, buy, but didn't do it. You didn't buy a Lexus, yep. which is Toyota. Yeah. Um, I didn't buy an Acura. I there bought a Honda. Yeah. So, so we're, we're, we're in the upper middle class, but we are certainly not the preter- uh, pre- pre- We're not the rich people. Not the <laughs> for some people reason you can't mouth, even pret- pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I think those are, again, owning stocks and yeah. bonds. Yes. Owning a house. Yes. Getting an education, of course, if you can afford it. Yes. But doing it every day, the consistency aspect of all this, that people have a tendency to overlook. People generally believe, generally, that in investing, you got to pick the right thing to get rich, right? That's j- I got to be smart and be ahead of the game on fill in the blank. Crypto, technology, whatever it is, right? Or today, I guess it's AI. That's one thing. They also think that you need to be ahead of the game and invest in a business or own a business that goes skyrockets to the moon. That's not true because you and I have built our wealth getting up every day, talking to people, building a business. It was plotting. It wasn't exciting, really. It was just sort of doing the day-to-day work over and over it sounds kind of boring doesn't it over again it it is boring and i'll mention a couple other things along these lines too that i see as an advisor every day that helps people one of the big ones is and this is always this area of debate with basically every person who comes in our office we ask them how much are you spending basically very few people know right (laughs) you and i we talked about this i don't know I wish I knew. I try to work on it on a regular basis to say, don't spend any more than this, but I, oh, it's a hard a minute. time now, working. This is a, this is a situation I never, ever, ever expected betwixt and between the two of us giving our highly different personalities and <laughs> ways of looking at the world. Wait a minute. You don't know how much you spend? No, I couldn't tell you to, to, I, I could probably tell you to within $10,000, I guess. I know almost exactly but, what we yeah, spend every month. There you go. You're well, okay. Yeah. All right. You're just talking now the mortgage, the everything. How I wouldn't be able to tell you everything. No, everything. No. And well, you don't have a teenager living with you at home anymore either. Thanks going to expensive school. Um, so, and has other needs, right? Whatever they may be. Yeah. Needs or wants, sir. Thank you. Both. Yeah. So, okay. But the spending plan, that's it's, I'm already working on 2024 in my house. We'll see how well it goes, but it's already there. Then, because then you have kind of a budget, if you will. I know everybody hates that word. Then you can move on to the saving plan, where you're going to save, how much you're going to save, right? And I just talked to somebody yesterday. God, I love these conversations. She's 23. She's just starting work full time in the real world. 
She's going to make just less than a hundred grand. She's well-educated, works for a great company. She's going to get a 6% match on her 401k. So we were talking about doing a little bit pre-tax, but mostly post-tax Roth. She's going to, so she's going to save 15% of her own money. She's getting the 6% match. She's going to do little in the HSA, going to invest it properly and bang. I mean, talk about a great few. I mean, now you got to stay employed. You got to do all the blot, the plotting, and, right? And every you got to not touch it. You got to leave it there. Yeah. Um, but again, for anyone who wants to be a millionaire, I don't know what, what, what would be the thing today? If you're born today, what? It's okay, a, billionaire. a billionaire. I honestly okay. believe that the comparable thought in the head, the, the, the wealth that gets you to the point where you don't have to worry anymore is a thousand million dollars. Wow. That just, that just seems, un- that's like the moon that, in the 1930s, right? will pr- put you into the proletariat. Yeah. Then you can Boy, buy why the, is that word hard for me to say? <laughs> the aforementioned yacht that you couldn't get. By the way, right. there's nowhere to really... You don't want to go out in the Atlantic Ocean. It's dangerous. And the, the, the lakes aren't that big in Florida anyway. Gulf of Mexico is right? kind of nice. Okay. All right. But that could be a little churned up and rough at times, too. Um, Where so, do you take your boats? Oh, Lake the Chelan. Pacific Ocean. Lake Chelan. Lake Chelan. <laughs> That's how brave I am. And, and I don't even go out when it's more than, you know, one I, foot swells. So thank I, you. I, I've been there with you and yeah. I've yet to see a yacht. Yeah, good point. Yeah. It, it depends on what you're definition anyway but bezos could probably afford to rocket his yacht over to lake probably, though he landed by his uh his, his flight uh, right over robo thing yeah okay but here's the other part of all this that i think truly is important the thought process there there was a quote in this article that said john steinbeck once said the united states didn't have any self-admitted proletarians everyone was a temporarily nice embarrassed capitalist a temporarily embarrassed capitalist That's in some ways, interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. It is in some ways you have to, to be successful. There's a, there's an aspect of being selfish to this, right? That I got to mm-hmm. save it. I got to invest it. I got to do it for myself because frankly, in today's world, almost nobody's going to do it for you. I mean, well, unless you would, they parents do it for that. you. No, yeah, but the really? government's not doing that much for you. The private enterprise, it's really about you. You've got to be a little capitalist machine of your own. That's the point, right? Shouldn't it be that way, though? Anyway, you've got to be your own. This is a deeper, machine. deeper, deeper yeah, show. Yeah. And, I, and I wanted do. to, I, I, uh, what is the immediate net worth in America? Not the average. The average is a million dollars. It's like 200,000. When, when you adjust it for all the people. Yeah. It's and 200. you spread it out. It's yeah, about two hundred thousand yeah. dollars, which isn't horrible, but it says a lot about what you need to do going forward. If you haven't crossed that million dollar mark, then you probably still have, as Tom said, selfish work to do. Yeah, you you really to to live a comfortable middle class not even upper middle class retirement really does require about a million dollars indeed yeah because we've talked about this many times how much you could draw off it etc and th- i was going to finish by saying again and we've touched on this before i hate to say that but we have once we you have, have Tom, the money over all the years we've touched on everything before <laughs> that's good point as long as we haven't touched everyone before but no, once you save the money goodness, this is a weekday thing <laughs> once you get the cheesecake out once you've actually 
save the money. This is still another mistake I see. You've got to be, I'm going to say it again, globally diversified, the right mix, stocks and bonds, keep your costs low and pay attention to taxes. Still see and ignore 90%, 90% who don't. 90%. Ignore all the noise. Ignore yeah, all lot, the noise. A lot of noise. Yeah. Which basically means not listening to any other financial podcast except this one. Just put an X through them. Yeah. And asking us questions, which can be done by sending your questions in at talkingrealmoney.com. Now, I am jumping to a conclusion. I didn't ask before we started, yes. but I'm assuming that Tom has a question. I've got more than one, actually. Wow. He's got questions. Right there, yes. Go ahead. This Fire away. From Neil in Dallas, Texas. Can you please give me your comments on my tax lost harvesting plan? I have a plan. I have a loss on my holdings of BND. That's the total bond fund mm-hmm. for 2023. Considering selling BND and buying VTEB, which is Vanguard's uh, municipal bond fund. Victory, Tom. Okay. Exit, right. boy. Yeah. That would be that would not invoke the wash sale rule. That's okay. That's we solved that part. He yeah. says uh, the capital loss will be used to partially offset capital gains on the sale of a business. Now this is the part most people get confused about. Mm-hmm. When you have the loss, you mm-hmm. can match that up against a gain. Any gain. Any gain. Yeah. Because people have they get the three thousand dollar thing in there. Well, I can only do okay, three thousand. That only is against ordinary income. Thank you. Yeah. This is the part yeah. people forget. Um, so yeah, I love that. He says, we'll happily bump up to the 35 to 37% bracket for the next few years. Yeah. Didn't he, Actually, do we have any options? Strategic move because the, uh, the, in that bracket, the yeah, municipal bond fund is a better choice. Beautiful. Because generally I think under 20, 22%, 25. Really, yeah. yeah. You really it's don't a, need to own about, about 25 the last I looked. Yeah. So I think that's beautiful. Uh, the VTEB is diversified municipal bond portfolio, very low cost. Good quality. And I think this is a good strategy. There are things, by the way, still, I was just looking at my old holdings, my own holdings, you could still tax lost harvest. So I think I'll do a little bit more of that for 2023. Yeah. It's a me great too. strategy. I've it's got a, great a little strategy. bit and, uh, I don't have as much as I did last year. No, last year was <laughs> awesome for all that. But I just not. wanted to see the, I, I haven't looked at VTEB in a very long while. I just want to see what the yield is as of the time we record 4%. this, which is, wow, 4.2 now. I know my business. 4.2? Not well, but I know it. Well, uh, okay. So one more, got time for one more. Yeah. Oh yeah. What the hell? We control this. This comes from Jason in Sandy, Utah. He said, I've read that any, when any of my portfolios positions are down or pardon me, I better just start this over. I didn't do that. Well, Jason in Sandy, Utah, I've read that when any of my portfolios positions are above 20% from the cost basis, it's a good time to sell off those shares. I only own ETFs and mutual funds. Question, any advice on whether this is a good strategy, regardless if selling will put the portfolio out of balance? One could use those funds to buy back into the market to lower cost on other shares feels like day trading to me yeah no 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 this is a stupid strategy it the strat i think what's happened is they've bastardized the the if your portfolio is out of balance by x percent whatever the number might be for you uh you rebalance but if one holding moves up or down by a certain percentage 
You don't automatically do something with it. What what yeah. a silly strategy that is. No, if your portfolio gets out of balance, you you intended to have a 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio, and currently it's at 65%, 35% bonds. You sell some of your stocks, you buy those evil bonds. Yeah, it, it, rebalancing is a correct strategy. By the way, Jason, before I did any, any rebalancing of any kind, I would be first looking at the tax situation. If this is a qualified account, nobody cares. If it's a taxable account, wow, you're starting to sell stuff that's 20% up. You're going to want to look at that very, very carefully. Don is exactly right. I think if you're doing this on your own once a year, maybe you rebalance the portfolio. You look at it, mm-hmm. say, what what has gone up? What has gone down? What do I got to do here? That's reasonable. Uh, but just to do it anytime you're 20% above, no, that's not a good strategy. No, it's a terrible strategy, as a matter of fact. It's, it's it. the take your winnings off the table strategy, but that only applies to gamblers. Yeah, I'd rather double down myself, so that's just me. I'd rather just build a diversified portfolio and pay no attention to Tom. Um, yeah, you've been doing that well for 35 years. I've been working really hard on that one. (laughs) Hey, uh, if you have questions, go to talkingrealmoney.com and send them in, or you can record them. And the ones you record, I answer on the Friday podcast every single Friday. It is truly a great day when I get to just answer questions. That's been my favorite thing to do since 1988. I love answering it. And, questions since 1988. That's great. Uh, and by the way, we're coming. It's hard to believe, but we're in the last quarter of the year. Further than that, we're heading into the holidays. If you want to have a plan, you want to look at your portfolio before then, reach out to us now. We'll be glad to talk to you. We we examine your portfolio. We look at your situation. We give you an hour of our time, absolutely free, no obligation, no sales pitch. We can even help you figure out about the, whether you need to rebalance or there tax loss harvest right. or any of that, and help tell you kind of the best way to do it. So, indeed, and you, the cost of that is extraordinary. It, it's it going to be one of the cheapest things you do over the it's holidays. Pro bono work. There you go. Uh, and you're not going to get you, you, the fear is oh yeah, it's one of those free consultations. So those guys no. We don't do that. We don't need to do that. We don't want to do that. We don't like being a pain in the neck. It's not what we are. It's not fun for us, except maybe at home once in a while, but only only when we get in a fight or something with our spouse. But. <laughs> Let's not go there. So yeah, uh, if you want that kind of help, go to Talking. If you want that kind of help, go to <laughs> TalkingRealMoney.com. If you want another kind, go to BetterHelp.com. We're going to be needing that. No, I'm not. Better that's not a plug for BetterHelp. TalkingRealMoney.com. Click on. Need an advisor? Meet an advisor. Or for those of you who still use the phone, and uh, it still works because mine rings, It the number is 800-386-3004. Slow that down. I'm trying to dial 800, it. 800. That's toll free, by the way, yeah, to I'm those t- of you playing around at home. 386. Dial phones are hard. 3004. Call that and ask for Tom. And now? I'm serious. I take calls all the time for people. I love it. So. Look at that. 20 minutes on the nose. Look at us. We can even count time and sit around talking real money. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. 
information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital, LLC, DBA Appella Wealth, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. And the lawyers get richer.